This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's... If I want to put a gravy in a cup, I will, and I will drink it right down right now. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us again this week. Hello, hello. I hope it's nice and cool wherever you are because it is not here in New York. It is not. It's hot as all hell, man. Like the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th levels of hell. And you know, it's a weird day today because today is Friday. What's the date exactly? August 15th. Or July 15th. 15th. My God. Well, I'm trying to step into the future a little bit. (laughs) And I was lucky enough to actually go to like a work event downtown because, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the offices are now in Midtown, as I have mentioned on the show previously. And going down there today, I got down there and due to somebody's mistake, I don't know whose, something happened somewhere along the line. There was a miscommunication. 1030 meeting, not really even happening until like 1.30 in the afternoon. So I had to go kill some time, figured what better way to kill some time than to go to a dark air-conditioned movie theater. One of my favorite places in the world, Angelica Film. Mm, Wait, right, right. I love Angelica. Well, I go to Angelica Film Center. And what happened, Tom? Tell one us. movie playing. One. One movie playing at the time. That was it. They just had one movie or just well, they one had movie other at movies. the time. One movie at the time. Like, it seemed like I had just missed, like, two movies starting. And then there was, like, one movie that was starting exactly when I got there. And then there was a few that was happening, like, a half hour, hour later. And, and I'm who like, had ah, time just, for that? Well, I wanted to make sure I made it back in time. Sure. It's a gripping story. Well, I go in, I buy a ticket, I sit down, and um, as soon as the credits start rolling, and I hear the first beat of music, I just slouch down on my seat, and I'm thinking to myself, motherfucker, I'm sitting in a Woody Allen movie. (laughs) Let the record show that that might be the very first time that Tom cursed before I did in a show. (laughs) (laughs) And Woody Allen will do that to me because I cannot stand Woody Allen. And I know people love Woody Allen, especially in New York. I don't get it. I've never once, ever once seen a Woody Allen movie. I've never once in my life. And I have no, I have no inkling to do so. And I feel like we've discussed Woody Allen on this show Mm -hmm. previously where I was like, you might like some of it because it shows like old New York. If you could turn off the sound that you didn't have to listen to the story or the stupid accents or the way he takes, you know, brilliant, brilliant actors and just turns them into like just. Yeah. He's like, let me just turn you into just like a piece of vanilla ice cream and flick you onto the sidewalk and watch you melt. That's my movie. Oh my God, to a cream. jazz soundtrack. Ice cream sounds so good right now. Yeah, well, that's not happening because we're in the middle of doing the show. Oh. But the fact of the matter <laughs> is, is that I had to sit through that, right? Riles me up completely because I had no so is idea. That, is, that what's, is that what's wrong with you? Because you seem very on edge since you got home. You have been on edge. Is it because you had to sit through a Woody Allen movie by your own choice? It could very well be. And it wasn't my choice because I didn't know what it was. What was it called? Cafe something stupid. 
Cafe something stupid. I think that's exactly, I think that's what I've seen on the marquee. I think that's what it was. I think it was <laughs> called Cafe something, something Stupid, stupid. with... Um, Starring Morose Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Kristen Stewart, who... The worst Lex I just Luthor wanted, ever. I wanted to punch in the face the entire time. Um, <laughs> it was also um, Steve Carell. Who you was hate. In it. Yeah, pretty much. Unless he's playing somebody kind of, you know. Like Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. Exactly. In which case, okay, all right, I can get behind that. That's cool. And also Parker Posey was in it, which I told you disturbed the hell out of me because he dyed a hair blonde, tightened it all up so it looked all 1950s-ish. She didn't even look like herself. Which is which is bullshit because she's Parker Posey and she should look like Parker Posey because people love her as who she is. Exactly. And she wasn't. And it was just like, ugh. Off-putting. And then even you were looking at it and you were like, who'd you ask me who was in it? You asked me if... Uh, Jesse Eisenberg? Was no. It? No. No, Jesse Eisenberg was in it. Yeah, he I hate was in him. it. I hate now, him. who's the mafia guy you asked me about? <gasps> oh, Polly Walnuts there from Sopranos. Yeah, I knew you'd get it eventually. Anyway, he was Those in pocket it. Pocket House rolls on my moss. They put him up on like the thing, like as like as if it's in a movie. It winds up being Kristen Stewart goes and makes meatballs in his kitchen because he owns a restaurant for Jesse Eisenberg. He comes out, they eat the meatballs, and he goes like, "Oh yeah, good meatballs." And then that's like his whole entire part. He's not in the movie. Did he have the white like stripes on his hair? Yeah, who cares? He's in it for like a minute. Okay, Tom. It was just so ridiculous. And the thing that gets me the most Why is... Why are you so fucking riled up right now? Because the thing that gets me the most is, is that like, I feel like a lot of people, even growing up, my whole life living here in this city, people just love Woody Allen. He captures the essence of New York. And it's like... Mm, nope, he don't. I don't know what that essence is. That Whatever you're showing me is not the essence of New York. That is not the essence of New York. With his all-white cast in living, you know, the high life and jet-setting back and forth between New York and L.A. and working in the movie companies while one family is... His family, Jesse Eisenberg's family's broke, but everybody in California is rich and he comes back and club... Just... It's like it's not. It's not. It's this very, very skewed perspective of New York. If you're gonna skew New York, just start making like Death Wish movies again. Because I loved it back in the old days when people Stick would be like some going pennies in a sock and have at it. Well, that's it. You can look at people's like, oh my god, man, you live in New York. Like the movie that was like was like Death Wish. It's like Death Wish came out like. Back in the 70s, for Christ's sakes. No, New York isn't like that anymore. All of those places are gone. Disney's built all up around it. But if you're going to have a perception, make this be the perception. At least this is kind of badass, as opposed to whatever the hell Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg is doing. And people were laughing throughout the whole thing. I don't get what the funniness is. And especially the clapping at the end. Why are you clapping at it? It's not like Woody Allen is sitting in the back row just smiling like, I'm glad they appreciated it. You know the only movie that I ever clapped at because I just blacked out right there during that rant, I think? My God. The only movie that I ever clapped at, and I remember being really embarrassed about it because my friend that I was with made fun of me, was Seabiscuit. Because I thought Seabiscuit was a really wonderful movie. See, I remember growing up years ago, a lot of people clapped at movies. And that was like a normal thing. Like, especially, I remember at Rocky, people 
people acted like it was a real fight. Like during oh, like, the yeah, end fight I scene, people were standing up and cheering and shit. Like it was crazy. There was nothing to clap at at this movie. Oh, I hate that. Nothing. And it was like, people were like, yeah. And then after it was over, they're like going, what a, what a, what a realistic depiction of uh, 1950s New York. It's like, you're 26 years old, asshole. You weren't even born in the 50s. It's like, what are you giving commentary on? I don't think I can handle much more of this conversation. So then just, you know what? Then why don't you take over and get into this week's You Heard. So this week's You Heard comes to us from the former Pathmark on 145th Street up here in Harlem. And I remember where I, it was in the winter and I was wearing a red wool coat because that's my winter coat. And remember we were coming around the corner and we were going into an aisle and somebody was coming down to like leave the aisle that we were trying to go into. And she said, oh, that color red frightens me. And then she like turns around like she does like a pivot and then just like scurries away like a little like mouse that was very frightened of my red jacket. And this is in what neighborhood you say now? Well, like I said before, I gave, like I prefaced it, it was in Harlem on 145th Street. Well, not only did you preface it before, but you actually prefaced it before the preface before because we had to redo it because you were upset at my racial commentary. But I am allowed to keep the first part in, which was like, I'm very surprised that red was the color that frightened her. And I'll stop it there because I know you didn't want me to go any further. Because Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you... with that say your 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 three seconds of your herd is long overdue now we're, we're way past i'm gonna go now. back to being that quiet little church mouse like that woman that was afraid of my red jacket so and now that we're back here's the funny thing What's the funny thing? You can't be quiet as a chirp mouse because you did an interview this week. Yeah, I did. I did do an interview this week. So look at this. You're going to be a whole chunk of the show without a word from me. And I'm sure I'll be punished for it somehow. <laughs> can't even put good production value in it, but, you know, like just noises and things like that. Because it's kind of a serious thing. Because you've talked to, I would say, artist slash author slash jewelry maker yes yes her name is brandy sinclair and she she's out of pittsburgh and i got this press release um a couple weeks back about this brandy sinclair woman who put out her first adult coloring book now as i said she's been a jewelry maker where she makes kind of like you know celtic and like historical kind of jewelry what can you please just up front, describe what an adult coloring book is. <laughs> an adult coloring book <laughs> is a coloring book that is geared towards adults. Can you get into more detail of what an adult coloring book is? Maybe we should save it for after the interview, and then we'll discuss. All right. How do you feel about that? I think it's good. I feel like some people might be a little like, okay. like oh, I thought it was... Right, like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, this is a this has been going on for the past, like, I'd say, like, 
three to four years where like adult coloring books have become all the rage and everything is geared towards like this is an adult coloring book now I am 39 years old and I have been a colorer my entire life like there would be times where I would be home on a Saturday night when I was single and I would come home from wherever I was I'd have a glass of wine and I would just sit at my coffee table in my living room with music on drinking and just coloring because it made me happy so like don't tell me that I can't fucking pick up a coloring book from any dollar store or whatever, preferably a Christmas one, because I do love coloring Christmas coloring books. I don't know why. But I love, like, things... Like, I just love to color. Like, coloring was always just, like, a really big part of my life when I was a kid. Hmm. Were you a colorer? Like, you were an artistic person. Um, My experience was different with that. I didn't do coloring books so much. I really loved it. Like, I always thought that, like, when I was coloring, you know, and I love coloring in crayons. Like, crayons are my favorite because it's just, like. (laughs) Because not only are they good looking, but they taste good, too. (laughs) I love the smell of crayons. Like, I love it. I hate when they break and I get, like, really, really upset because, like, you know how, like, they sometimes they get warm in your hand and then, like, they just, like, snap. Like, I feel it's like. it's like sweaty are your palms that your crayons are melting in your hands? You know I run very hot. You know that. (laughs) But, like, they just, like. Especially like, and I'm like, I always, I'm like a very hard, like writing utensil holder. So like, I mean, I have like callus on my left hand from writing, like, cause I hold everything really, really hard in my hand when I write. But like, I just love the, the whole process. And I remember being a little kid and coloring and thinking like, if I was coloring like a princess or something, like as I was coloring her face and her clothes and like her skin and everything that like she was going to come to life now that like she was given like color. And I was never, ever one of those kids that was like, I'm going to make her skin purple or I'm going to make her skin like green. Like everything was just like almost realistic. Dare I ask what color was her skin? Usually peach. Peach skin. Peach skin, like peach colored skin. I usually used peach. That would be the weirdest colored person ever. It was like flesh tone. Peach was like flesh tone. So basically, you were drawing Donald Trump before he became Donald Trump. That would have been orange <laughs> if I was. That pretty would be close orange. to peach. Pretty, pretty, pretty close to peach. Pretty, 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 pretty close to pretty, peach. Pretty, pretty, pretty close. Anyway, so Brandy Sinclair. Now that we have <laughs> covered what an adult coloring book is, Brandy Sinclair released this really cool book called Celtic Knots to Color, a modern take on ancient Irish designs for adults. And given that I have a penchant for all things Celtic and Irish, being that I've been to the, uh, the country once, <laughs> I am a sort, I'm a sort of expert, you know? Yes, a resident expert on all things Irish. Go on. <laughs> Tell us, Miss Italian. <laughs> Tell us, Miss Miscali, what is your expert opinion on Celtic knots? So she created this, like, this book. There's 35 in there. And one thing that I really love about this, this book, which you can buy on Amazon, and we'll give you the links, you know, in this week's show description, as we always do, is, like, some of them are very intricate. And, like, they're just really, really cool. And... You can, there's only one on a page. So, like, you can actually, like, rip out the page and not have to worry about, like, oh, if I want to use a marker, it's going to bleed through the photo on the back. Mm. So, it's just, like, you know, one page to a design. And, like, you could hang it up and stuff, which would be really cool for, like, a kid, you know? Like, imagine having something, like, really cool to hang on the fridge. Kids can't use those. Kids can use them. This is an adult coloring book we made it very clear this is an adult coloring book it is an adult coloring book but you know what we don't need to put labels on things what if you have an advanced kid though what do you mean what if you have an advanced well like kid? if you had like a, a doogie hauser can definitely use an adult coloring book as opposed to you know let's say 
Like yeah. one of Spot the, the, and... The, the next door neighbor. <laughs> you know, who's eating their crayons. Like you used to when you were a kid. I never once ate Might be sitting there chewing crayon. on the other end of it. Just the, the square end of it. I never ate crayons. It. Why are you... Like it sounds like you're really like speaking from experience. I do not eat crayons. You may have. Just admit it. Well, let's just roll that bean footage, shall we? <laughs> Thanks so much for speaking with the High Regard Show today. We're really excited to have you on. Thank you. Excited, too. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about where the inspiration for Celtic Knox the Color came from, you know, and how, you know, you decided to make the jump from jewelry designer to coloring book creator. Well, I've always had a huge love of ancient art, medieval art, which includes Celtic art. Yeah. In general, I just think of art, so... A piece of great combination of those two loves. Okay, great. And the the whole jumping from jewelry to drawing a coloring book, uh, sure, I set a challenge for myself to do, uh, I've heard of people doing a Project 365, mm-hmm. which is where you do an art piece a day. Yeah, you know, like I saw a guy do, he did different types of skulls. Like he had friends in the paper skull that took a picture from right. the balcony, he made them out of paper. Yeah. And last year, I set myself a challenge of drawing a jewelry design day. Oh, and wow. I did it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was fun, though. I loved it because some some days, like, I would sit down super early and be like, yeah, like, fired up on ideas. Other days, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a writing project that I've been doing since 2013. And some days it's like, oh, my God, I just want to write everything. And some days I'm like, leave me alone. Why did I start this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was coloring that something exact that, feeling. <laughs> was something uh was coloring something that you loved doing as a child? You know, what kind of, you know, made you move on to this coloring book? Well, I, I did love coloring as a child. My mom says I've been making art and doing things since my hands could hold something to make a mark. <laughs> Whether I was supposed to or not, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, I just I always like to do that sort of thing. My friends, I've always been able to draw. My friends always ask me, like, I want to draw these Disney characters. When Lion King came out, I drew, like, a million Simbas for my friends (laughs) and my little cousins. (laughs) And how long did it take for you to create, you know, this, this, you know, from the moment that you decided that you wanted to do these 35 knots for an adult coloring book? You know, how long was that process of creating the book until you realized, like, these were the 35 I wanted to go with? Well, it was, it actually did not take me that long um, to draw them because, let's see, I don't my calendar. I actually like, I like to track because, again, doing art every day in 2015, I really missed it. Right. So roughly around, Feb, like, mid-February this year, I started drawing knots in the corners of all of my notes because <laughs> I just missed drawing every day. And I'm like, well, then, so I sat down and started drawing, and I don't usually draw, like, an entire page at a time, mm-hmm. unless it's some of the, well, in Celtic art, there's what, called, well, there's what are called carpet pages, which is, like, a full-page filling interlace. Right. And it's all connected. And I had, 
I've, there's a few of those in books, and there's a few that have, like, tiny little pieces, or there's, like, a border and a big center square. So I was, I was kind of sort of doodling these separate elements here and there, and I got the idea around, I think it was March, that I really did want, it was March, so I was like, I know, I'm going to make a coloring book. And then I, I asked my friends, uh, the type of art I was thinking of, I was thinking of maybe medieval marginalia, which can be pretty hilarious if you've seen them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, wow. <laughs> like, nice fighting snails. I mean, <laughs> weird, weird, fun things. Like, I could I could take marginalia and draw it and turn it into a coloring book. Maybe calligraphy. I'll keep all these cool things. And I had friends who had gotten some of these, some uh, Celtic coloring books. They were really disappointed with them, actually. Um because they, they, they actually, their exact words, it looks like clip art. I was like, oh. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like, it looks like if you, if you just Googled Celtic knot. Um, <laughs> those are the images that come up. They're like, I, I seriously, someone took royalty-free clip art and just stuck it in the book. <laughs> Unfortunately, in looking at some of, because I was curious, like, how does one go about making a coloring book? I've never done this before. My husband's right. an author, but he writes fiction, so... I don't know. That's a different process. Right. So I uh, I have an, I have an assistant who's my jewelry business who helps a lot of online stuff, and I had asked if she'd look up any guides she could find, and she found the guides handed to me, and she found about five or six free online guides how to do this. And sadly, that's one of the things they say you can do. Wow. All right. So... <laughs> You can yeah. find anything so, on the internet. <laughs> yeah, they were just find some copyright royalty free clip art. Slap it in a book, you're done. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how easy. Not cool. <laughs> I was like, man. So I just wanted to make a, something that I know I would enjoy because I enjoyed copying from excellent mm-hmm. sources when I was a teenager and studying it really heavily. And I know my friends enjoyed it too, so. I try to make something that I would enjoy and that my friends would enjoy a lot. All right. That's awesome. And, you know, how did you decide to self-publish? You know, was that one of the things that she had looked up for you? Yeah, she looked up uh, – I had her look up, like, what are the different publishing things. And, I mean, I'm used to, with my jewelry, I can sit down with a hammer and my torch and my saw and – maybe within the day, or maybe it might take a few days, depending on how complex the piece is, but I've got something finished fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. I think I just came down to impatience. Like, once I decided to make the book, <laughs> I was able to pull away, pull off all my doodles in the past few weeks, and then, like, well, 35 sounds like a nice number, so I just kind of stuck to that. All right. Awesome. So the moment, <laughs> That's yeah, she, she, yeah. Found, she found a lot of things, but it takes it takes a long time to get their attention and to have it, you know, the review process and whatnot. And then right. she said, well, people are buying self-published coloring books and they're selling oh. them. Well, why not? Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, why do you think t- right now, you know, it just seems like coloring books that are being, you know, geared towards adults are like all the rage right now. Why do you personally as a, com- as, um, a coloring book publisher now, why do you think that is? I think it's because a lot of people are, well, there's a lot of things right now that before were totally considered the realm of kids and teenagers, like superheroes. Right. You know? 
it wasn't cool to like superheroes. It wasn't cool to like video games. <laughs> and like everyone's playing Pokemon Go right now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just playing it <laughs> earlier today. Took a walk. So, so that's why you were outside, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, had to run an errand, but on the way back, like, hey, that's phone froze. I missed the EV. All right. Well, great. And would you consider? Yeah, I, just, I just think that's why it's good. Yeah, I mean, I just okay think now. now, yeah, people need something just, with everything going on in the news, people just need something happy and calm exactly. and creative. Um, would you consider doing, you know, perhaps like a digital or app version of your coloring books? I think that would be really cool, but I, mean, I have actually some really cool ideas, but I don't have the, like, programming knowledge to do that mm-hmm. myself, although... I mean, it's the temptation is because I do know a lot of programmers. <laughs> I actually know I actually know a lot of people who, who know programming and app development, and it's kind of in the back of my head saying, you know, you can play quiet brain. <laughs> so I, I have a I have friends asking about a book. So yeah, um, because your press release said that this is you know kind of the first volume. So do you have plans for another installment? Yep. I have another, well, with Celtic art, because I really, I really spent a long time in my teen years studying Celtic art, and there's there's so much, there's just so much of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the knot work is certainly the most popular, and, like, right behind that, there are the beautiful spiral patterns, mm-hmm. which, I mean, the, the Battersea Shield, I mean, it's Latene period, slightly before the Celtics, but it's a, a Celtic period, but it's a beautiful example of that spiral work. And there's a lot of beautiful spirals within the Book of Kells, and the Book of Duro, and I'm talking monuments. Those are my two favorite ones: the Book of Kells and the Book of Duro. They have wonderful spirals, and I would like to make a book with spiral patterns. And usually, you incorporate a little bit of knot work. And after that, uh, the key patterns. If you look at the edges, there are these very geometric kind of step patterns. Sort of, they're kind of they're almost hidden. You know, you see them here on the border, maybe they're here inside of a letter. Mm-hmm. And they're really interesting, or they're the background to a scene. Mm-hmm. But I know people who like to color little tiny geometric, almost mosaic-like coloring coloring books. And they say they really like those little tiny geometric things. It's like it's really good when they just want to color a little space. Right. And then they're going to set it aside. And I showed them to some of my friends, and they're like, oh, that would be great to color. It's like, okay, then. <laughs> All right. So at least, you know, we have a couple more coming. That's awesome. <laughs> and have you colored in your own book? Like when you, when you got it, you know, when you got the first, you know, back from oh, the yeah. printer and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. I have a, I have a seven-year-old daughter, so she immediately claims like the top, like right in the box. She's like, mommy. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And what is your favorite tool to color with? You know, you know, do you use markers, pens, crayons? Oh. <laughs> Pick one. You well, I, I have, oh, one? <laughs> mm. Oh, man, it depends. Okay. Okay, in, in general, if, if paper is not an issue, if I can print it, if I can color on whatever I want, uh, <laughs> it's uh, Copic markers or Copic. Okay. I've never heard it, heard it pronounced, so I'm not sure it's Copic or Copic. <laughs> I will but defer. The, the markers. <laughs> All right. Awesome, yeah. Um, and where can listeners purchase your Celtic Knox to color? Because I'd rather, like, you know, you tell them, you know, kind of plug where we can, you know, have them get it. Okay, well, uh, you can get it on Amazon. Okay. 
right now, and I know I have to look more into this, but there was just an article just released like two days ago that Barnes & Noble is going to allow uh, self-published books in their stores. Oh, wow. And I don't know what the requirements are behind that. There's something my husband, uh, he, he, has a, he is not self-published. He has a publisher, but he found that out. He's like, hey, so okay. I need to search more into that. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you have to meet a sales quota, but I know if you ask any major bookseller, if you don't want to order on Amazon, you just ask and they can get it in for you. Okay. Okay, cool. So um, so primarily it's Amazon right now, right? Yeah, right now. Okay, right now. Okay, fabulous. Um, and, you know, finally, like in your press release, you talk about this horde of adorable animals that you live with. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> Well, we have three cats and three rabbits. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and it's it's adorable. <laughs> it's kind of funny that the cats are like, or, or we have a little black cat, Pasha, and she just follows her daughter around. Like, that's that's her human. <laughs> and we have uh, Mara, who miraculously appeared outside of our window literally the day after my husband said, you know, I miss having a lap cat. <laughs> and literally, the next morning, I looked out the window. Well, he looked out the window. There's a cat staring at him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, and it turns out that she she's staying, she's healthy, and everything. No microchip though. We have no idea where she came from. We took her to the shelter, you know, just to, in case someone was looking for her. Sure. And no one claimed her, so hey. <laughs> and she, she's like, she's the lappiest lap cat you've ever seen. It's like she can know you for five minutes and she'll crawl in your lap. Oh and fall asleep. So, yeah. So he's like, I need a lap cat. And she just shows up. And, and that, was, that was awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, that's very serendipitous. <laughs> well, thank you so much for speaking to us. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. back so thank you so much brandy for speaking with us that was a great yes, interview that was it was very good and um it shone a little bit more light on the fact of what you did not explain earlier like you were not clear as to what an adult coloring book was i feel like you felt like you were clear because you're looking at the coloring book right now i am and 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 you spoke to the author of the coloring book mm -hmm. but when you say adult coloring book as a guy I get a much different idea of what an adult coloring book would be. It's kind of like an adult movie. I don't see... <laughs> You're filthy. <laughs> if you said we're going to go see an adult movie, and then you showed me something, you know, like, you know, whatever the hell... Like a cartoon? This stupid Woody Allen movie. Oh my as God. an adult movie. I'd be like going, this is the... Worst adult movie experience of my entire life. Because I wouldn't want to see a Woody Allen movie as an adult movie. Oh my movie. God, shut up about the Woody Allen movie. But. You did it to yourself. <laughs> but what you're saying is, it's not adult content that's in these coloring books. It's geared towards adults. It's just intricate because kids can't stay in the lines. Because they have tiny minds. Right, and that's the thing. Like, people... 
people today, like, you know, with their phones and like, you know, Brandy mentioned like Pokemon Go, which is fucking taking over the world right now, which, you know, it is annoying. It, it, it is annoying to see it. Like, I had no idea I knew that many people that actually would like go out and like find a Pokemon. But like you wouldn't go take a walk around your neighborhood or like walk along the river to get fresh air. But like, I'm going to go catch this fake fucking thing. Um... I don't. Would you really be surprised that you did not know that many people? Because I feel like everybody we know, for the most part, would tell me, "Hey, I'm going out to catch Pokemon on my phone," and I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, just like, I don't know. I was just yeah, surprised. Right, like, I, get I, it. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, like a lot of gamers and stuff like that. But like, to me, like when I think of Pokemon, I think of just like those little, 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 little kids that it was geared towards when it first came out. Like, and that's what I think about. And now it's like people that are like my age and like 10 years younger than me are just like obsessed with this. And it's just like, I don't fucking get it. No, you're not going to get it because either you're in it or you're not in it. And I'm not going to be in it. I'm not. You're not. It's never, ever going to change. And I had this conversation with my coworker Jesse the other day because he was talking about it. And he asked me, he goes and says, you're going to get into Pokemon Go? And I was like, no, I'm not going to get into Pokemon Go. I can't less I have about a feeling Pokemon you'll Go. do it, though, because like you no get really annoying way. with apps. Like, you'll get into, like... I won't. I won't. I won't. Because here's the thing. If I was going to get into it, I would have gotten back into it when it was a card game and my kids played it. And I would go and spend, like almost a hundred dollars a month in trading cards because god forbid like they didn't have the latest foil card that came out in a pack oh. and you had to buy 300 packs to find one foil card and it's always a duplicate one dad can we get traded in no we can't because i'm not going back to the store again until next month you know the only card game that i ever like ever 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 did like not even it wasn't even a card game but the only cards i ever collected were garbage pail kids and to be honest those were the best because they were just so satirical and funny i guess my sister used to collect those garbage pail kids cards i collected baseball cards for a while a lot of hockey cards over the years and from star wars movies one two and three every card ever made from the first three star wars movies that's awesome i still have them in a box somewhere and i am Sure that they're not bent or anything like that, but I'm also sure that they were not kept in a conducive environment. So I probably have thousands of dollars worth of Star Wars cards, which are worth nothing on a real market. So whatever. But going back to the interview. Just pissing vinegar today. (laughs) Let's talk a few things about the interview itself, though. This whole thing starts from a 365-day project. Yeah, which I was like, wow. I was so surprised because we ourselves have done. I'm still doing it. What are you talking about? I'm almost done with my last year's 365-day project. (laughs) I'm like eight away, and I'm done with it. And it's, you know, it's hard to do a 365-day project. It really is. Because there's nothing that I would want to do for 365 days out of the year. I think you and your couch lover would differ. Maybe the couch. I love Maybe that you the just couch. like looked over, I looked at, over her. at it. And I was like, going, don't be upset, but I might even want to break from you once in a while <laughs> because there might be a hammock out there that has my name on it just to give it a test drive. 
But seriously, it starts from a 365-day project. And you look at this amount of stuff that we have produced over the years. Because we didn't do it for one year. Like, I've been doing mine for three years. You've been doing yours for longer than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started mine on January 1st, 2013. Yeah, so we have years and years of content of writing and pictures and stuff like that. And this woman is just like, have you ever heard of a 365-day project? Oh, I just made a book out of it. And it's kind of like, well, I put mine on Instagram. and I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, mine's like buried in a drawer like that I still like secretly hide because I'm like, don't you look at what I'm writing. <laughs> but it's very entrepreneurial, I feel mm-hmm. like, to actually take something that you're like going, I'm going to do this. Because nobody does a 365-day project for someone else. It will never work if you do it for somebody else. Right. And that's, I think, where you struggled because I was kind of like, I did mine my first, I did mine the first year. And then I said, babe, I think this would be really good for you because like you haven't, like we were both, I started it because I was working in finance, which was god awful. Yes. So I had no inspiration. I wasn't writing anything creative. And you were in like a position where you were kind of like in limbo creatively as well so we were just like hey let's start this thing and like remember why we do what we do which is to have fun with it and create which is something that we both weren't doing in our current positions yeah and you were like gung-ho like the first year man you were all balls deep and then i understand like it's hard where like to me i've been doing it so long where it's like it's just second nature for me it's it you know what it is It, it is now become your chore where if you it's it's like it's like kids who are told every week your job is to wash the dishes after dinner. And they wash the dishes after dinner every single night after Wait, dinner. Wait, there's kids that do that? They're, well, not our kids. But then, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Wait. saying there are our There are <laughs> A-R-E. There are kids, not O-U-R kids. So there are kids out there who will do it. we maybe get one of them it. off the plane tonight? Mm, I don't think so. I think they're all accounted for, especially if they're doing dishes. But... <laughs> You know, if you do dishes growing up and you're and like that's your thing, you're used to having a chore, right? Yeah. When you get older and you have a house, guess what? It's not gonna you're not gonna think twice if a dish goes in the sink. You're gonna wash the dish and put it away because that's what it is. If you're Just not held so accountable, you know. you're not. <laughs> that's on record. That's on record. You saying if there's a dish in the sink that it gets done. Yeah. If there's, a dish in the, if there's a dish in the sink, I go, Nikki, there's a dish in the sink. What, are you going to sit on your ass all day? Go wash the dish, for Christ's sakes. I'm going to punch you in Do the something. Face. Holy shit. What, are you supposed to sit here? You, are you going to watch me watch TV all day? <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, back to the coloring book. So, it starts with doodles, right? That's how she said it started. Mm-hmm. She was just doodling on yeah. things. And then she said she wasn't even doing complete pictures. She would just do a doodle. And then next thing you know, she would like add to it. And next thing you know, she's like going, oh, I'm going to like go ahead and make this book. Okay, that's great. I doodle all day long. Like I don't, this is what I don't get. You and I, we always complain. We say, man, it's not that we don't like our jobs, but wouldn't it be awesome if we could do something just just to, just to like, break out into like financial stability right we're doing everything this woman does except for the fact that she has found a way to sell it where you and she was I ambitious are like, yeah she was ambitious where we're just like oh we're gonna talk about it and then we're gonna like i might notate it in my journal as part of my daily writing you know chore that you say mm. and then like we don't do anything which i think is like you know it's it's 
it's a testament to her that like she actually like had this idea and took it to fruition and it did not take like I was like well how long was the process and it was like she started it this year yeah like it was just months and it was like why are we so goddamn lazy but maybe here's the thing maybe part of the problem is or part of the new solution I should say rather is that a few years ago you couldn't just doodle on a page and say, I'm going to make something out of this and then publish a book on it. Because... Right, the technology's uh, changed. Yeah, There's... Who are you going to to ask, can you publish my yeah. book, my coloring book? There's and plus, like, her daily work, you know, as, as a jewelry maker is kind of in line with what she's doing. So it's not, like, so different from, like, you know, the photo 365 that you're doing or the, like poems and things that I do that are different from like you know the straight journalism that I do as my day job right you know so it was kind of like it was easier because it was more cohesive where it's like I don't know to me it's kind of like hard to separate my writing that I do like in my journals or in my poems and stuff like that yeah than I do from like my daily stuff but I feel like the self-publishing is what really made Mm. the change because until there was self-publishing you were hostage to whatever somebody else's opinion was. If someone decided, nope, I don't want this book, you weren't getting published. Right. Where now if you go to somebody and you say, hey, I would love to have representation. I would love to have a publisher. Here's my book. If they say no, you could be like, all right, go fuck yourself. I'm just going to go put this and make my own book. I don't really need you. Because we're a very DIY society now, which for artists – it's a really good thing, especially for, for ideas that, like, you know, might not be the, like, penguin or random house, like, level kind of things. At the start, at least it's getting, you're able to get your name out there on your own and, like, be able to protect the things that you create and then make a name for yourself. And then when the big dogs take notice, you're like, yeah, here's, you know, three volumes of this. Because she said she already has, like, ideas for three more, like, for two more volumes of the Celtic knots. Right. Or the Celtic, you know, in the Celtic family of thought. And there was a time where when you self-published, it was the stigma behind it, where it was like, oh, you couldn't get a deal. Nowadays, it's so not the case. Mm-mm. We saw that movie, and it was not a good movie. And I don't remember the name of it. That one with uh, the YouTube, it was like all YouTube stars. I don't remember. That made this movie. And basically... Oh, I didn't watch it. You watched I it. I watched it. We tried to watch it together. You made me turn it off. But basically <laughs> what happened was there was a bunch of YouTube stars. I mean, you know, people that are getting over a million hits per episode. And they basically, you know, were YouTube famous. And then all of a sudden, a movie company comes along and they're like going, hey... We're going to cash in on this. We're going to like actually make a movie out of your skits and go from there. Again... Wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. I'm willing to bet, though, the younger demographic mm-hmm. probably loved it because that was so the demographic they were selling yeah. it to. And they were probably like, oh, my God, these are the people we see on YouTube all the time. But if these same people would have just went to a casting call and not have had a million followers on YouTube or didn't which, have Which they the created to... themselves. Exactly. Again, back to the DIY. Exactly. And their whole lives completely changed because now they're brought out to mainstream. Again, not a great movie, according to me. Doesn't mean that everybody didn't like it, but they would have never have gotten that chance sure. if this modern age of being able to distribute content as easily as you can mm-hmm. wasn't available. 
So um, let's see. What else do I have here? Uh, <laughs> self-publishing, definitely the future of the way things are Absolutely. going. Absolutely. And a lot of places, because I still follow, you know, Writer's Digest and things like that. And, like, so many, so, so much of their content is... And, like, Writer's Digest was, like, the very, like used to be the very like mm, 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 kind of people and now it's like every issue has something about how to get self-published or how to do it the right way so that you can self-publish and then get to a bigger company to like distribute to the masses and stuff like that and how like it used to be like if you self-published that was it you can't do this but like they've changed things where like I'm pretty sure that like there's some like stuff in place where you could like republish that book under say like a random house or something like that oh yeah you can you for know? sure where they'll go and they'll basically say to you okay uh we we really liked your first book we want you know a commitment for a second book from you the second book does good they might go back to like book number one and say we'd like to option the rights of that book mm -hmm. but if that's the case i'm guessing and i don't know for sure that most people, if they were smart, would be like, look, if my book is selling, my book number two is selling, mm -hmm. I'm not going to give you the rights to my book number one because I own that outright. If anything, I'm going to you know, promote the shit out sure, of it because yeah. I ain't got to give any of that money to you at all. Like, that's mine. Well, there you have it. So, all right. So there's that. <laughs> Coloring books appealing to adults. Because I know you asked the question, like, why do you think all of a sudden coloring books are appealing to adults again because i mean it seemed like for years this was not a trend yeah it was just like if you were and and i actually talked to one of my friends the other day and she we were talking about the podcast and she's like oh you know what do you have coming up and i said that i had this interview with someone who did an adult coloring book and she's like wait a minute she's like so you're telling me that like i can only color in like adult coloring books now she because she has two little kids but like even before she did she was like i love to color and like she said and the better she goes i like the big books from the dollar store with like the big thick lines and things like that and it's like yeah like do what you want if you want to color color i had a huge stack of coloring books on my coffee table you remember that like when we lived I in pennsylvania you remember that but i feel like there's more to it it's deeper it's deeper than that and i discussed this with you before the show i feel like this is like millennials now who kind of go back and they grab all the stuff and it's not just millennials i feel like every generation everybody's doing it, yeah. in the 80s like look at fucking pokemon sudden, for christ's sake yeah you know 60s bell bottoms came and gone like you know Every 10 years, like, there's, like, a bell-bottoms, like, bell epidemic. Bottoms. Bell bottoms are awesome. Yeah, but it comes, it goes. I know, it's I know. It's cyclical. Since, since, like, it's everything is cyclical. But I feel like right now, I feel like the younger generation, for the most part, young adults, are, for the most part, saying, like, what, what can we take that was an older, kind of, like, established thing that we can, like, bring back and make our own that's you know that's it, it totally explains beards and handlebar mustaches and shit and those big yeah, bicycles yeah who the hell has seen like facial hair like that outside of you know 1890s 1890s or like you know that weird family that lives in alaska who thinks that that's like common fashion <laughs> right now who's never even seen brooklyn they just think like well this must be the fashion of the day <laughs> top of the morning to you but 
you know, I feel like that's what it is. And it's funny because we were just watching the show Difficult People the other night. <laughs> yes, which the we first love. episode of the second season. And John Mulaney's on it, and he plays a gay love interest, but he's an old timey. Yeah, is his title, which is his name like, is and his my name is Cecil. <laughs> what's weird though is is that like when they were doing this, and and I don't I honestly I don't know, and I should have researched it before we even started recording today. But we're but not experts. We're so not experts. We're club, we're, but he we're dressed club. in very eighteen hundreds clothes, like a like a derby hat. Which I love a derby hat I know myself, you do love a and derby like a three-piece suit and a pocket watch and the bicycle with the big front wheel, yeah, and like a whatever tiny that's back what I, wheel, yeah. and and it was so convincing. I was like, wait a minute, is this really a trend that's happening in Brooklyn right now? Because it really could be something that's happening because we're always grabbing onto old stuff and pulling it back in. Absolutely, yeah, it is totally a trend. I mean, I'm sure even Brooklyn, like I, I can't. I'm very judgmental about Brooklyn and, you know, I apologize if that's where you live and whatever and that's fine. It's because you're too old for it. It is, yeah. Because I'm just like... Ugh. It's because you're too old it for is, it. It is, it is. But, like, I really... I I just can't imagine that th- even Brooklyn has someone on a bicycle like that. I can 100% a unicycle, imagine. A unicycle, I will believe. I will buy a unicycle because I have seen people that look like Brooklyn hipsters on unicycles in Union Square and fine. So I believe a unicycle, but that big bike whose name I do not know. I can believe it 100%. I can believe that people are wearing derbies. It is... Oh, totally. It's the reason why I will never grow a beard. No way. It'll never happen, man. I just... I'm I'm aged out of the Brooklyn environment. But when I was in Brooklyn, it was a different Brooklyn. So the Brooklyn that it is now is not the same for my age group Mm -hmm. or below. It will never be... For you or your age group. It just won't. So you just won't get it. Well, there you have it. Thank you for clearing that up for me. You're welcome. I do what I can. So (laughs) it's good to know there's more to come from her for sure. As we were talking a little bit about before, my thing wasn't really coloring when I was younger. I wanted to be a marker comp artist. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted to be in the beginning like and and that still to we've this day, talked i just got like a flash because we've talked about marker comps we have you and i never on a show i don't think though i think we've just had this conversation and you were like what we have to talk about this on a show one time but basically i had this class where computers literally came out like in like my college the year before i got there so when i got there you had to be like you know tops in order to get like a computer class like because there just wasn't that there sure. was you know there was so much involved in trying to teach a computer and then design programs yes my favorite thing was to use prisma color markers and mm, design markers only the best for tom design and prisma color both of those very very high qualities i had a t- hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of markers and i would just like marker comp photographs like i would see a photograph of something like that or a 3d object and i would draw it and i would color it in shadows everything and make it look like realistic like the picture or just as realistic as possible and the, the idea was years ago there was um an actual job where people would actually draw out an ad like almost like a storyboard like storyboarding exactly an like ad. a okay. storyboard yeah, so you would it. like mock in your type you mm-hmm. would like whatever your headline Got would be it draw out the illustration and that's all i wanted to be was that so i never really colored so much because i illustrated more than colored 
but never was really good enough illustrator to even do that for a living. So okay. that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell, Nikki. You just keep coloring and coloring books because good for you. Good. I'm going to. I have my. I have my colored pencils right out that I'm going to be coloring with in this book because the lines are a little bit thin for my crayons because my crayons are kind of like, you know, old. fatter. Yeah, old and fatter. Little kid color. I'm going to smell them. Pencils. I'm going to smell them and then I'm going to put them away and then I'm going to use my colored pencils to color in Celtic Knots to Color by Brandy Sinclair. So thank you so much for talking to us. Let's get into a Did You Know? All right, we can do that. Did you know? This week's Did You Know is direct related or directly related <laughs> to coloring. <laughs> Isn't it weird when I try to sound professional? Even when I have this shit written down, it's like going, oh, this will be a breeze. I'm just going to cruise right through this. And then I screw up the second word and it's kind of like, mm, mm, I got to stop now. Let's see what happens. Wait, did you know? Take one. This would be actually take two. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to stick with it. We're going to stick with this as take one. We're going to go along with it. So... Did you know coloring books are widely used in schooling for younger children for various reasons? <laughs> no, Tom. Please tell me more. Well, for example, children are often more interested in coloring books rather than using other learning methods. Pictures may also be more memorable than simply words. Coloring. Oh, you had a comment in the middle of my reading? That makes sense. All right. Glad you got it in. Coloring may also increase according to research. May also increase what? I don't know. That's just what it said. <laughs> <laughs> These did you knows get better and better. <laughs> it's like, did you know? It's did like... you know anything at this point in time? Like, seriously, do you, do you know how to like, do you know how to like just compose sentences? <laughs> No, I didn't. I did not know that. Well, then we stumped you and our job is done. Congratulations. We're not experts and neither will you be. As a predominantly... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. As a predominantly... <laughs> Listen, just because we bill ourselves as a air quote comedy podcast does not mean that you need to laugh at me <laughs> this is like a thing that we do together all right so as a predominantly nonverbal medium coloring books have also been seen as <laughs> i can't i can't all right i'm gonna start that paragraph over. <laughs> as soon as it's quiet i can like have a place to cut As a predominantly nonverbal medium, coloring books have also seen wide applications in education where a target group does not speak and understand the primary language of instruction or communication. Examples of this include the use of coloring books in Guatemala to teach children about hieroglyphics and Mayan artist patterns. That would be something really cool. I'd like to see that. Strangely just picked out like Guatemala, like out of the blue. It's like, you want an example? Well, some kids in Guatemala. Well, how about an example of someplace I might know where it is on a map? You don't know where Guatemala is? Where's Guatemala, Nikki? I'm 
South America. Oh, really? Where about? Which coast? East coast, west coast, north, south, it's central? It's on the east coast. Up. Upper. North. I hope to God you're wrong. I hope to God you're wrong. Please excuse the sound of my chair pushing away from the <laughs> microphone because I'm going to go Google it. <laughs> so... <coughs> Coloring books are also said to help to motivate students' understanding of concepts that they would otherwise be uninterested in, which I can totally understand because here is my closing argument. So who's surprised at a graphical distraction as opposed to a never-ending flow of words? That is, after all, why we as adults make PowerPoint presentations in color, isn't it? Well, there you have it. Well, look at me tying coloring into business. Look at you, Tom. Look at you. After talking to a woman who has done that exact thing, turned coloring into a business. Business. Business things. And that is this week's... Oh, my God. Train wreck of a did you know. <laughs> did you know. Well, I'm glad we got through that, and I'm glad I didn't have to do it four times. But unfortunately, I apologize that you had to actually listen to it one time. <laughs> but it's better for me, so mm, sorry you guys had to lose out on that one. And Guatemala is in Central America, not South America. So you were completely wrong. I wasn't completely wrong. I wouldn't say I was on the bullseye, but like you I was had the this... word America. I was in you the, had the same. Word you didn't even know, so at least like I was thinking in the same like hemisphere. So shut up. Okay, you got me. America. America. It was in America. So it, it was. Could be, in... It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere from the tip of South America up to the northern part of Canada, somewhere in that realm. No, is where you it's might find in Guatemala. Central America. So it's below Mexico. Yes. And it's before you get to, like, Nicaragua and, like, the Panama Canal. Well, well, well. Our geography lesson for the day is over. Hey, listen. Before we go, I just want to say, although I appreciate this interview, which was very well done. Thank you, Nikki, for pulling another one out for the team. Oh, my gosh, no. Thank you so much, Brandy, for really for speaking with us. It was and great talking yeah, to you. Yeah, well, of course. Thank you to Brandy because, I mean, she made the book and we have something, uh, you know. I have something to occupy me and not, you know, bother Tom when he's having his moments with the couch. That's right. I can lock you under the stairs like I usually do and just be like, here's a coloring book, some crayons, here's a candlelight, go do whatever it is you feel you've got to do underneath there. Get on with it. I got an email today from Mr. Andy Eagle. You Andy know who he Eagle? is? That's right. I just love saying his name because... I picture an eagle. Like, a, like, I picture a cartoon eagle when you say his name. But doesn't he... He sounds almost like a coloring book superhero. Like Andy Eagle, yeah. Like, you'd be like going, oh, man. Like, Pick up that garbage, kid. Yeah, I'm going to Denny's, and I hope I get the placemat with Andy Eagle on it so that I can color him in doing some <laughs> kind of special adventure. Oh, my God. Would that not be awesome? That would be really cool. All right, you looked at me like I was making fun of him, and I'm not. I'm just saying it's a freaking awesome name. Anyway, Andy Eagle sends me an email today, and he lets me know that Karen Burgreen, who... We are going to eventually get on this show because she already promised that she would do it. She was my very first comedy teacher. She was. And she was. And a very funny dame to begin with. 
amazing. Amazing. She is awesome. And she has a great way of just going through and just breaking down a joke and what makes a joke good and why it makes a joke mm-hmm. good and teaching how to present it and stuff. I can't say enough about Karen. I love Karen Bergreen. Anyway, Karen teaches for the Manhattan Comedy School, which is actually run by Andy Eagle. And apparently, and they do not understand how, but there are still spaces available in her class coming up. I guess it's starting fairly soon, from what I understand. Um, We'll put it on the website, but Manhattan Comedy Club is, or Manhattan Comedy School is what you want to look up online. If you are thinking about getting into comedy, or if you just want to, like, learn ways to, like, talk in front of people that just makes it easier on you. Because if you can stand up in front of, like, an open mm-hmm. mic audience, you could do anything you want. <laughs> I totally suggest taking Karen's class. 100% will recommend Karen's class any day of the week. And when we have a chance to talk to her eventually, we will get her side of you know, how things work in the comic field and stuff like that. Maybe give you a few tips, but go pay for the goddamn course and check it out. And be funny, man. Yeah, like everybody needs to do their part to make this world a little bit more joyous. And if all you got to do, do is take a course to try to make you do that a little bit better, then go ahead and do it. You have my permission. <laughs> if you would like to hear more about this funny group of delinquents, check out our website at highregardshow.com or if you feel like voicing your opinion about today's rantings let's say you're like a Woody Allen fan and I don't know it and you want me to curse you out send me an email I'd be glad to tell you how what horrible taste you have our email is highregardshow at gmail.com and you could send all your rants and whatever else you want to send to us on all social media outlets, and you could find us as High Regard Show. And it's not like we need any more rants. We have plenty right now, but you never know if the supply is going to go down. Join the so conversation. We'll put it in. We'll stockpile in. Maybe later on down the road, we'll pull from it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs>